I always try to be the best teammate. I always try to show the emotion. Like after every play, I can guarantee you, if you watch film, after every play, I know my teammate up. I'm always celebrating with them. I'm always celebrating something on the field because I just that's how I want to be remembered, a great teammate. I think because I started off so hot and that I, if I was to have a mediocre game, it was just like I start pressing, like I won't make this play, I won't make this play, and then you start thinking too much. Marlon is so scared. Marlon came to Louisiana with the fish. Oh, he wouldn't. You tried to take him out. I tried to take him out. Messaged him on Twitter so everybody could see. Would not go. Be scared. Welcome into the lounge. Got another big time guest, Patrick Queen, joining us today. It's you know it's the rookie tour. We had J.K. Dobbins. Now we have the first round pick, Patrick Queen. Good stuff. I'm expecting good stuff from Patrick. Yeah, absolutely. It's fun to catch up with these guys. I mean, this is, uh, I think for them, they go through the rookie season. If you go back a year from now, they were sitting at the combine and trying to catch everyone's attention and, and impress everyone. And so now when they go through the season, like they're just trying to keep their head above water when they go through a season. they The draft happens and leading up to the draft is like constant work. And then they basically show up right after that and they're going until the season ends. So, uh, now that they've had a little bit of time to kind of decompress and relax, um, I think this is a good chance to catch up with them. And uh, I'll be curious to see what Patrick has to say about his uh, rookie season, what he thought, how it went, and uh, what expectations he has moving forward. I just realized I forgot to turn my camera on. on Zoom. I actually preferred ha- it with your camera off. Uh, I was, was going to say, better. are you happy Happy with it back on? No, that was that was great. I was like, I think, <laughs> I think we're just going to do this thing without Meg's camera on. I'm cool with that. <laughs> I still have the muting, unmuting problems. You know, we're in, we're a year in. On COVID, still can't find the mute mute button. Yeah, you're. It's like when I'm, you know, you're trying to talk to your grandma or something like that. On, quick, on I'll give a quick story. Quick story, <laughs> funny one on this. So my wife and I were on like a a, a Zoom call for our daughter's new, next school, right? And I turn to Kristen, and she's like right next to me on the computer, and I say, "Man, your breath stinks." And <laughs> un, un, unmuted, unmuted in front of the whole school. <laughs> it was a rough one. Rough one. I'm sure that the, what was the reaction to that? Just her reaction? Like, uh, well, her re- <laughs> her reaction on camera and then probably off camera was even different. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what she said. So I think it was something like, "Well, you made dinner tonight" or something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was still trying to figure this whole thing out. You know, one year in. Right. Well, uh, great segue from there. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how you transition from that, but uh, we're really excited to talk with Patrick. I mean, this guy I thought had a stellar rookie season. Uh, was a great pick for the Ravens, and uh, I, I really like him. I think he's just the perfect fit here. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be joined by linebacker Patrick Queen. Ravens fans, if you've been reading the scouting reports, you know that Ram Trucks are Motor Trend's back-to-back truck of the year. The Ram 1500 is a top pick with an available Hemi V8 engine, e-torque hybrid technology, and a 12-inch touchscreen. Plus, it offers a truckload of available features. It's the same with the hardworking Ram 3500 Heavy Duty for generous cash allowances, and great lease offers, go to Ram.com and take advantage of all the great deals happening right now on a wide selection of Ram trucks. All right, Patrick, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, we got to start here because it is currently 3.03 p.m. We were scheduled to do this interview at 11 a.m., but somebody was too busy fishing. I could, you know, I know this because you outed yourself. On Twitter, I saw those fish you caught. <laughs> so how'd it go? Good day. Great day. Oh, uh, 
uh, I wish I could have video. As soon as I cut the camera off, I caught one more fish, and then it got off at the top of the boat. But we had a pretty good day. Caught about 10, 10 fish today. Had one four-and-a-half-pounder. So it was a good day. Finger playing at all, really. All right. <laughs> now I'm going to guess that there's not great cell phone reception out on the – it looked like – what is it, a swamp? What are you fishing on out there? Little, little lake, little lake down in Louisiana. I can't little say lake. too much because people are going to try to steal the spot. You, know, so. mm, you got to keep it hidden. You got to keep it hidden. The facts, always. <laughs> you look you look like you're a pretty darn good fisherman. I try. I try. Uh, my friend, Dakota Walters, put me on fishing and stuff with the bass and stuff. And then ever since then, I couldn't stop. So we've been late the lake trying to find them bass and found a good spot today. So can't complain. All right. So, so <laughs> one more fishing question. Do you catch and release? Do you hook and cook? What do you do here? Uh, anything over about four and a half, five release bag. Probably. Probably over three and a half. I'll probably release back anything smaller. Keep okay. And do you, uh, how, how, are, how are your cooking skills with that fish? Uh, fillet of fish when I get home, probably grill it. I like it grilled. Most people fry it down here. I like them grilled. Right, that's a little lemon and a little pepper. All right. All right. All right. Wait, I got, I got one more fishing question. Hold on. We're not done. We, we probably got about 30 minutes on fishing here. I, you know, <laughs> um, you know, those, when you watch fishing on TV, right? I mean, some of those guys are kind of nutballs. You know, they're kind of nut jobs out there. Like, when you catch a fish, do you give that, like, the big, like, <laughs> you know, like, is it the same intensity that you see on the football field? What's it like? It's not the same intensity. I guess they take it so much serious because there's so much money on the line and so much, like, status on the line. I guess that's why they take it so serious. And, like, I watch Mike Iconelli a lot. And, like, I remember one time, like, it was, like, a heated tournament. He missed it, got it up, and then missed it, and he literally slammed his pole on the side of the boat, broke the pole in half. Bro. And I, I would, <laughs> I would never get that mad ever. I don't care if I catch one fish that day, I would not get that mad. <laughs> that is great. Hey, wait, oh, I just thought of another. All right, so the uh, fans might not know this, but we have like a little pond, mm-hmm. you know, out back by the football fields at the Under Armour Performance Center. Have you caught some some nice fish in there? Like it's, they stock that, right? They will stock. Um, when I first got there in the summer, I think it was like late July, I was catching a lot during that time. And then mm. around October, they stopped biting and stuff. And then I never, I haven't even seen any swim by like the, the shallow part. So I don't know if they moved out to the middle of it or what, but they had some nice, nice, pretty fish in there. All right. I was wondering if you had been out there because, you know, I know Marlon and Marcus would go out there, but as a rookie, I didn't know if you had to kind of earn your stripes before you got out there on the pond. So. Uh, see, they, they will want me on the pond at the same time as them because I can show them how to fish. Ah, Marlon, all right. <laughs> Marlon is so scared. Marlon came to Louisiana and wouldn't fish. Oh, he wouldn't? You tried to take him out? <laughs> I tried to take him out. Messed him on Twitter so everybody could see. Maybe get him a little, you know, antsy to go and would not go. He's scared. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. All right. So I guess that's I, – I got to the end of my fish questions there. Uh I guess we should talk a little football while we got you. You know, just looking back on the rookie season, we had J.K. Dobbins in a couple weeks ago and talked to him about his rookie season. When you look back on your rookie year, how do you? What do you kind of take away from it? Well, I started off hot and I let off, but not a let off that I like that I wanted to. It's just stuff happens, and as you look back at look back at it now, it's just like it's so much more that I could have did and stuff. And uh, you know, you can't go back, but now I got a chance to be better and a chance to 
I did what I did the last season and do it the whole season. So the whole thing is just like a skyrocketing thing to me. It's just like every season I always dominate and get better. You got a phone ringing in the back, huh? Yeah, that, sound, that sounds man, like some phone. fishing sound. <laughs> that, that sounds like something that attracts the big trout. <laughs> you know, so so when, when you say that you feel like you kind of the let off as the season went along, like, did you feel that in the moment? Or as, is it sort of as you take a, a look back at it, that's how you look at it? I think because I started off so hot and that I, if I was to have a mediocre game, it was just like I start pressing, like, I won't make this play, I won't make this play. And then you start thinking too much. And when you start thinking too much, you start playing tense. And then I felt like I just, like, got on my game because I was trying to do too much instead of letting the game come to me. And that's stuff you learn with experience. And, like, it was just different coming from college. Like, when you wanted to make a play, you could go make a play. Like, it wasn't hard. And, like, NFL, you just got to play in the defense, play in the scheme. Same thing with college, but it's just, like, it's even more strict now because, like, it's the NFL is the best of the best. Like, you like you got to be on point with your team. So I think it's just the point of me being relaxed, playing with experience, and just getting better. Mm. Yeah, that's got to be tough for somebody that, you know, was such a playmaker in college, and, and you come into the NFL, and, you know, your billing, what everybody's talking about is like, oh, this guy's a playmaker, you know? So I can imagine it's hard when you come in and you're like, all right, that's what everybody's expecting. You know, I, I got to come out, and I, I got to get a bunch of sacks. I got to tackles for loss. I got to, you know, do all that stuff. It, that's got to be kind of a tough adjustment. It's really not because, like, at the end of the day, Whoever's on that field, at the end of the day, probably wants to be better than what they are. Like, everybody wants to be great. Everybody wants to, like, be a legend in the end. And if you're not, then your player will probably tell that. And so um, that's my whole thing. Like, I never, like, stress about just, like, sacks and tackles and all this. It's just, like, I stress about being a legend in the end. And I guess there's a whole process behind that. So I just got to take my time, take it day by day, just grind it out until I reach that status. Mm. So when you look at it, if you were to kind of point to an area where you feel like you, you need to take the biggest strides this offseason, what would that area be? I think just getting stronger, a whole lot stronger, and just once I nail down the route concepts, I feel like my game is just going to transcend so much because it's like it's, it's so simple, but it's so far away. Like from being like in college playing the rover side, you wouldn't get that many three-man route concepts. And then you go to NFL, you're in the mic position. You got to be with the nickel all the time. It's three-man route concepts way harder than the two-man route concepts. So um, it's just, like I said, that experience and just getting in the film room and learning everything, uh, that's probably going to be the biggest key. Mm. Yeah, that was one thing I felt like a lot of people talked about with you your rookie season is like playing going forward, sure. you know, everything was awesome. Right. It was kind of understanding what's going on behind you. Right. Like, how much did you feel like you learned that as the key season went on? And, and do you feel like, hey, that with just more time in the film room, that's going to come together? Like, I feel like during the last probably like five, six games, besides the one touchdown I gave up, I, I feel like everything improved a lot because, like, in the beginning of season one-on-one, I was getting beat because I was just thinking too much, not playing my game and just, like, just getting burned left and right. And then the last five games, it's just like, I'm just going to go out here and do what I do like just balling out and just playing in the defense. So uh, it's, not, it's, it's nothing I can't do on the field. So I feel like this season, just locking in, watching film even more than what I did, um, getting with coach, watching extra stuff, just learning the route concepts. It's going to be big. It's, you know, hearing you talk about it, it you know, it sounds like we're, we're really 
dumping on your rookie season here. I felt like it was pretty decent here. I felt like well, I understand it, you want to improve. I understand it all that. You started every game, had led the team in tackles. Like, there's a lot to take positive <laughs> from this. And I, I guess my my favorite thing about watching you play is I feel like you just play with there's so much speed and and energy. Like that's what I that's what right. stands out to me. Can you talk about that a little bit? I just feel like like that's like I said, like if you're out there and you don't want to be remembered, if you don't love the game and it's something if it's if it's not something behind your game that you want to leave behind, then you just out there for no reason. Like I always try to be the best teammate, I always try to show the emotion. Like after every play, I can guarantee you, if you watch film after every play I'm helping my teammate up if they're on the ground. I'm always celebrating with them. I'm always celebrating something on the field because I just that's how I want to be remembered, a great teammate. Hmm. Right. You, you mentioned your coaches, and uh, now you have a new inside linebackers coach, you know, Rob Ryan. Mike McDonald, great coach. I think Rob Ryan's going to bring a little different energy. <laughs> you see, <laughs> he seems like a little different of a coach. How do you think that uh, Rob could kind of help you take your game to the next level? He's been there, done that. He's an older guy, you know, he's seen it all. So I feel like it's just a little bit more experience that he could add on to my game. Like stuff that he can help me out and point point me in the right direction and stuff and help me become the player that I want to be because he coached great linebackers, was a great coach. Um, so it's a, it's, it's a it can only go from here, honestly. Right. What kind of coach do you like? Do you Mike was like the nicest guy, you know, and like cool, calm. Rob's gonna. You might hear a few <laughs> f bombs. I feel like there might be a few this year. <laughs> uh, you like that kind of coach? I'm fine with whatever kind of coach. Like Mike. Mike was so calm and relaxed, but at the same time, like he'll chew y'all in a second. Like I <laughs> about it, but I feel like Rob's always gonna be high and edgy and like. I, I mean, I can't complain about any type of coach as long as you're out there trying to help me be better. I can't complain at all. Mm-hmm. I, I had a chance to meet Rob uh, a couple weeks ago. And he's got such like kind of an infectious personality and he brings energy and all that. And I think he's going to be a perfect fit. And him and Wink are, are great friends. One thing he told me that was interesting about you and, and was that, you know, he knows that you've already this offseason requested to get more tape and trying to really study the film piece of that. Right. You know, he's like, I, you know, I know you guys haven't had a chance to really meet or anything like that. But he's like, I know he's working, that he wants to learn and really add to the mental side of the game. Uh, tell me about that. It's just like, Everything correlates. So if you're not working this off season, like on some part of your game, like even if you're not lifting right now, like I'm lifting, but I'm doing light lifting until I go down to Miami and train with Mo. But if you're not like at least doing one part of your game right now, then you just you're the same player or even worse. And so that's why I'm just trying to get heavy film right now, get some light workouts in, then pick it up once I get Miami with Mo, and just try to like people don't understand the type of player I'm trying to be. So I'm just. I I don't want to talk about it too much. It's just like when it happens, it happens. So I'm just I'm just ready, man. I can't I can't wait. Right now you're lifting all those fish. You know? That's the <laughs> kind of working on those bicep curls. All the four or five pounds that add up. <laughs> uh so one thing I saw this offseason is your reaction to your third place finish in the defensive rookie of the year voting. It seemed like you know, you weren't exactly thrilled with that finish. Uh, you take me into that that feeling, that emotion, what you were thinking then? I wasn't so mad that I was third because third, third to be de- defensive rookie of the year standards and be third as a how I fell off at the end of the season. You know, can't you can't really complain because I did let I did fall off a little bit, but it's like all the stuff that I did in the beginning of the season and like I finished third in defensive rookie of the year, but and you didn't even like. 
they showed Chase highlights, which were great. You showed Jeremy Chin highlights, which were great. And then you showed Antoine. But I was third, so why wasn't my highlight? That's what I was really <laughs> My highlights, what I did wasn't on display for, like, all the hard work that I put in during the season. So that's what I was really pissed at. But, um, no, I ain't earn it. Simple. So it's only one other award you could get now after that. So. Mm. How do they? How do they not show you when you track down Joe Burrow and clobbered him from behind to force a, that play? Oh, that was the best. It's that was crazy. the best. It was crazy. And I seen Joe running around. I was like, man, I don't want to hit him that hard. But I was like, I got you. Is that your? Is that your top play from your rookie year? I think I feel like my top play from the my rookie year was the strip on Nick Chubb because mm. mm. it was just like so like random like my hand just ended up like in between his chest and the ball just like ripped it out just like not even thinking about it just instinct mm. right right that that was a good one i still like the joe burrow hit that one. <laughs> oh, that was the best how are you how i mean you got one taste of that i know that coming into the nfl with being in the same division you were you were excited about that with joe uh how how disappointed were you not to get another rematch with him after his injury and how much you looking forward to that one uh, down the road i was really disappointed but i know joe i know the competitor joe joe's gonna be the same top notch player that he was when he came in if not better so um you know it's a it's a lot to look forward to we play a lot of people i played last year like we played joe we gotta play justin next year uh mm-hmm. so it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun fun little fun little time next year and get to play all my old teammates but um joe facing him for these next few years if not more just something to watch. Like, I just can't describe it. Like, it was always a competition at LSU. So, uh, I know for sure, like, when we step on the field, on the NFL, it's going to be the same time every game, competition going at each other. Right. One thing that stood out for me in watching the Super Bowl, just to pivot a little bit, was their linebacker play. And a guy you know well in Devin White. I mean, the Bucks linebackers were all over the field. And you just saw how they could kind of take over a game. Do you look at you and Malik as, all right, that's what we're going to grow into and impact the game in that way. Of course. Like, um, Malik's my guy. Like, I've been hitting up Malik this whole time, and I think we're going to be training again to Miami. And, like, it's just – it's so much stuff that you see on TV. It's like, man, like, if we were in that situation, we would do the same thing. We could do this. We could do that. So the only way we could actually know that is if we go out there and do it. And that's – at the end of the day, it comes down to us actually putting in the work to get there. So this all season, we're going to go at it. We're going to train and hopefully get in that position and be a, a top – linebacker duo to be talked about it's not often that you have two guys at the same position that get drafted in the same year like is that something that is special to the two of you it is like uh i didn't even know malik like nothing against this game nothing against him i didn't even know malik before mm-hmm. the combine and then combine i heard of him then he gets drafted so uh it's been a steady hill of just like learning him knowing him and then uh you know just playing on side of him man like I feel, I feel like we could really be a special duo. So it's gonna be something to be watching for next year for sure. You mentioned the combine. It was funny going back and looking at old combine stuff. Obviously, you saw it uh, this week. It was the question that I asked you at the combine last year about what it would mean to get drafted by the Ravens and if you talked to them, and you knew at the time that they had never drafted an LSU player. That was the first thing out of your mouth. How did you know that at the time? And then also, just what was it? You know, what what did what was it like looking back on that clip this week? It was like when we was at LSU, we always kept up with NFL teams, and we were like, "Bro, the Ravens never dropped anybody, so we might as well just cross that off our list." 
So like, I remember the time came and it's like, man, every time I see something come out, it's like Patrick Queen to the Ravens, Patrick Queen to the Ravens. So I started believing myself, like I'm going to the Ravens. So it just happened, and like I couldn't be mad at it one bit, honestly. Yeah. So, <laughs> so which LSU prospect is coming to the Ravens this year? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> as many as we could get. <laughs> well, there's a receiver. Well, talk, Mel Kuyper. Yeah, we're like, talking about the receiver, yeah. Terrace Marshall? Terrace, that's my guy, bro. If we get Terrace, I'll be happy. <laughs> Terrace, will, Terrace is a baller. Terrace is going to catch anything. Plus, he's from Louisiana. Went to LSU. You can't beat that. Straight animal, Louisiana. Need him. <laughs> All right, there we well, go. you know, LSU is known for its linebackers, and it's had a few wide receivers, too. So, you know, I wouldn't be sad about that either. I would not love it. <laughs> cool. Well, Patrick, hey man, thanks a lot for uh, for joining us. Good luck on the on the lake in future days. You know, you want to send any fish this way? I cook a mean fish. <laughs> I can I can saute that puppy. Ooh, this kitchen's getting hot up here, so you know, bring some up with you next time. All right. Sounds good. Appreciate y'all. All right, see all right, you, man. Thank, thank you, Patrick. Thank y'all. Passionate fans, winning traditions, and legendary toughness are why Ram trucks and Ravens football go hand in hand. When it comes to power, luxury, and technology like an available 12-inch Uconnect touchscreen, you can't find a better light-duty or heavy-duty truck. Go to Ram.com to find your local Ram dealer, schedule a test drive, and experience everything that goes into making dependable Ram trucks. Great deals are going on right now. You can shop online at Ram.com, and you can get your new Ram truck delivered right to your door. Well, great stuff from Patrick. Uh, Appreciate him coming on. I mean, this guy's a rising star. There's no doubt about it. Just kind of made plays all over the field his rookie season. You you noticed him a lot. And, uh, you know, and I think still the exciting part is room to grow, you know. So uh, I, I really look forward to what Patrick is going to do in his sophomore season and beyond. Yeah, I thought, you know, when the Ravens drafted him, I liked the pick because he was an ascending player. And I think that that's kind of like the right, the sweet spot as you're drafting. You want to get a guy who is on the way up. I think of of – Marlon Humphrey as kind of a similar example of that mm-hmm. to a certain degree. Marlon was a little bit raw when he came out of Alabama. Didn't have as much buzz as some of the other top defenders in that draft, but had all the tools, had played well in college, was physically gifted. And the Ravens got him in the middle of the first round, and he turns out to be a lockdown corner. Um, and I, I just feel like it's somewhat similar with Patrick. He played his best football at the end of his college career. He improved over the course of his rookie season. He was thrown into the deep end at a time when there was no offseason, no OTAs. And he just stepped right into the middle of the defense and played you know, most every snap all season long. And I just, I just think that he's someone who plays fast, he plays with intensity. He plays with energy. And uh, sure, there were mistakes as a rookie, but I just think that he he's going to be a really good player and an anchor for this defense for many years to come. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so before we go, let's let's uh, have a little talk about the other side of the ball on offense. As always, a lot of talk about wide receiver. Uh, that's not gonna that's not gonna relent anytime soon. You know, I think kind of the the most interesting buzzworthy stuff recently is that. You know, reportedly the Ravens are not going to go after an Allen Robinson, uh, Kenny Galladay, even you know if they were to hit the open market, which it looks doubtful that they will. But now there's there's some buzz about the Ravens going after like a one B, kind of that that next tier down. And even yeah. Juju Smith Schuster's name is being thrown around now from from some ESPN people about him being a good fit. 
Just kind of what what do you expect the Ravens to do in free agency at wide receiver? Well, there's a couple things. First of all, I'm dubious of anything that I hear at this time of the year as to whether teams are, whether they're going to pursue this guy or that guy. I just think that there's a lot of smoke screens. So I'll start there. But then in terms of Juju, I think that he's probably a level above the 1B for the record. I mean, this is a guy who put up 1,400 yards two years ago. Um, not as not as productive the last two seasons without Antonio Brown on that on that offense, but still, I mean, this guy's been incredibly productive in his career. So, if you could get him in Baltimore, it'd be weird. That would be a weird one. To, this is a guy that Ravens fans have been rooting against for the past four years. Yeah, I remember when the Steelers drafted him. I loved him coming out of the draft. I yeah, we, we be, both really liked him. Yeah, I thought he reminded that, me a lot of Anquan. He definitely reminded me a lot of Anquan. Um, big body, make tough contested catches. Personality, di- different personality. I, just, yeah, I don't think that Anquan's much of a TikTok star, even if uh, TikTok <laughs> were around when he was in the league. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like he'd be a great fit in this in this offense. I, I would love to see the Ravens get one of those guys. I don't know who that is. Um, Marvin Jones is another name that that gets floated out there. You know, AJ Green. Ravens fans have watched him plenty and rooted against him. I don't know how much AJ Green has left. Um, when he's when he's playing well, he's got a. I mean, he's obviously explosive, but he's dealt with so many injuries the past few years. I don't know if he's got too much left or not. But that would be that would be really interesting. AJ, AJ Green, yeah. I mean, I, I just I just don't expect the Ravens to spend a whole lot of money here. You know, I, I don't think it, they're going to go out and sign somebody that's ten million dollars. Mm-hmm. You know. I think it's probably in that five to ten million dollar range, uh, not ten and above. You know, yeah. and and so does AJ Green? Can he fall into that? Maybe. You know, um, it's it's really interesting. I, well, I, just, I it is yeah. tough. I mean, the Ravens have what eighteen, nineteen million dollars around the salary cap space. The exact cap hasn't been set, so that's kind of a, of a projection. But let's say that they aren't able to re-sign. Matt Judon or Yannick Ngawe, and both those guys leave. Mm-hmm. So, where's the money going? <laughs> you have to pivot. If the money, if you're like, all right, well, we were planning to spend twelve million dollars a year on one of those players, just throwing out a number here, mm-hmm. and now they're not. Do you then put yourself into the if Allen Robinson doesn't get tagged and hits the market? Do you put yourself into that sweepstakes? I don't think so. No, I mean, I, I think, you know, I think they team teams pivot like here's the, here's the word, the key word that you just said, sweepstakes. I don't think the Ravens are a sweepstakes kind of team. Right? Well, you know, it, not not historically, but I, I do think that's I mean, that's what happened two years ago in free agency. The Ravens were talking with CJ Mosley trying to re-sign him. He ends up signing elsewhere with the Jets. And the Ravens end up signing Earl Thomas and Mark Ingram the next day. Now, right. obviously, the Earl Thomas signing didn't work out. Uh, right. The Mark Ingram one did. But I just feel like there's there could be a pivot if you're if you're going in one direction, and mm-hmm. then that direction ends up not working out. Then you could switch to somebody else. Maybe that's not Allen Robinson, but maybe it's again. I don't know. No one was talking about Earl Thomas four years ago or two years right. ago, right. and then the Ravens signed him. So. I feel like there could be that that could be an avenue depending on what happens with their current free agents. Also, what happens with Orlando Brown? If you end up trading Orlando Brown, do you try to sign an offensive lineman? Right. Well, result? that's that was going to be my next question is if you're going to pivot, let's say you pivot away from outside linebacker because you, you know, Yannick or or Judon are just too expensive, you don't feel like it's worth it. 
are you pivoting? Are you Garrett Downing, yeah. uh, assistant, assistant to the assistant regional manager, general manager? I'm the Dwight Schrute, the, the Dwight <laughs> Schrute title. Yeah, you're below Dwight. You're below <laughs> Dwight. Um, uh, do you pivot to signing a veteran guard or center, or signing a wide receiver? Right. I guess my my follow up to that is the receiver. What category receiver are we talking here? All right, let's just say you're going to spend eight million dollars on one. Right. So right. So you're going to get like a top guard. Right. Or you're going to get the one B, you know, tier two receiver. I would probably go guard. Okay. That, that's probably what I would do. I mean, you <laughs> Ravens you know. fans are just throwing their remote. They threw their phone across the room <laughs> on that one. <laughs> Turn off the podcast as they're driving. Yeah. Unsubsc- they just unsubscribed. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Garrett. <laughs> I, I just, the Ravens are still going to be a run-heavy team. I've talked about for the upgrading the offensive line a lot this offseason. The Ravens have talked about upgrading the offensive line. And if you're going to get the best guard on the market at that price, like that's kind of what you're saying. You could get the best free agent guard potentially at that price. Mm-hmm. Would you rather that or would you rather the... One B wide receiver. I still think you can get you know one B gets thrown around and it's it feels like you're talking about bums, um, or that's not necessarily the case. <laughs> right, we're sitting here talking about AJ Green, a potential right, Hall exactly, Hall of Famer potentially. Right. Um. So I I do think that you got to keep that in mind. Um. But I would probably go with the offensive lineman because of the where the Ravens are at the end of the day. That's going to be the strength of their team. And it's just gonna, it's just kind of this catch twenty two of like yeah, yeah, do yeah. you invest in what you do best or do yep. you invest in something where you need the most room where you need the most growth right like Ravens are already running the ball pretty darn well yeah. better than anybody like yeah. can you can you continue to run at that level with a Ben Powers at right guard or or yep. a Tyree Phillips you know and, and I love a center I, I love a center that's one thing I've, I mean I, if you could get the so you go center over guard. I probably would. I, I think I would love a proven veteran center. And if you can get that guy, then that would be probably at the top of my offensive line wish list, especially if Orlando Brown is, is going to be back next year. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. But I, I think it is a, I think it is an interesting point. I just if you're not gonna go if you're not gonna be in the in the mix for the Robinson Galladay Godwin, or if they don't even hit the market, and then and then it's Sammy Watkins, Marvin Jones. Like, would you give would you give Watkins eight million or the top offensive interior offensive lineman? Yeah, uh, that's the, tricky. The, that's the wide tricky receivers, dilemma. the wide receivers, just all have these catches. Like Watkins has been injured. I know so many times too. Right, you know, um, and he, but he's been, he's been really good when he's been healthy. That's like the the. I mean, that's that's the that's why there's certain guys that end up out there. I mean, like. It, who is the Ian Rappaport gave this example when we did the podcast with him last week? He gave the Robbie Anderson example. He signed mm-hmm. a one-year deal, I think, with Carolina. Who's the Robbie Anderson this year? Mm-hmm. Right. Who knows? Because like know. Robbie Anderson was a great fit, a great addition for Carolina. So who's yeah. that guy this year? And could you get him at a, at a value? Yeah, that's the question. That's the question. I, By I, the way, t- you know what position I don't understand that that seems to be getting buzz in a little bit of free agency, but more draft is safety. Why are people? I saying, know. I feel the same way. What? Are I we, don't get it. Yeah, I, I don't understand either. I mean, sure, of course. Would you like to draft the next Ed Reed? Yeah, 
But he, <laughs> the Ravens just drafted or just like signed Chuck Clark to a long-term extension last offseason, I believe it was, right? Right. Yeah, it was and, last year. And, and Deshaun, like, I think did everything that you would want him to do in his first season. Like, we've just been saying, hey, if this guy can stay healthy, like, let's see what he's got. He did it. He played yeah. all 16 games, first year as a starter, and made some plays. I mean, some yep. of his big hits in games, sure, did he have a lot of interceptions? No. You know, but he had some big plays in terms of his hitting. Uh, and I thought he, he was good. It wasn't like that he was getting beat deep all the time or anything like that. Like, I, I'm interested in seeing some more of Deshaun Elliott, quite frankly. Right. Like, um, could you could you feel yeah. good about your defense with Chuck and Deshaun as the guys on the back end? I think so. Yeah. I think that yeah. you absolutely could. I mean, I think that the Ravens should probably draft a safety day two, early day three. Like, a fourth-round pick, you know, somebody that – Someone like Deshaun Elliott or Chuck Clark. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) And and maybe they take over for Deshaun. You know, Deshaun, I think, is going into his fourth year. He's going to be a free agent after next season. So, you know, somebody like that, and maybe you hope that you get somebody with some some ball skills. I mean, Deshaun had a number of turnovers and picks and stuff in college. So I I think they could use another kind of uh, free safety on the back end because Deshaun and Chuck are kind of, you know, both big hitters, closer to the box kind of guys, you know, neither one of those is really known for being a ball hawk or have shown that. I think Deshaun can, can be somewhat of that. Yeah. But, um, that would be like what the Ravens envisioned with Earl Thomas being that kind of center fielder that I think once they pivoted from him, then they didn't have that presence back there as much. Right. Yeah. That's one. I, I don't really see the Ravens. The Ravens also need a slot corner. They need to draft a slot corner. Or somebody like I don't think you should go into the season again with Tavon Young being your only healthy true slot corner. Sure, Marlon can do it, but like let's let Marlon do what Marlon does best, right? Like let's let's put him out there, and I like him in the slot, and he's physical and and all that stuff. But like I I I would be happy if the Ravens didn't have to keep moving Marlon Humphrey into the slot, and they had uh, somebody that could step in if Tavon weren't healthy. Yeah, I think that that would be a, a good thing to do. I, I'm with you there. And also, corner, it's the old adage, you can never have too many. Totally. Uh, is Peters up after this season? I'd have to double-check that. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, and, and Tavon Young is dealt with the injuries. I can see that. There's just like, and then the other one, obviously, is, is pass rusher. If the Ravens end up, if if Judon and Higakwe leave, then you need you need pass rush help. And I think that that probably becomes likely first or second round. Yeah, I, well, the, I just wrote a story this week. Uh, there's a lot of them. There's a yeah, lot. This yeah. is like a really good class for three, four defensive end slash outside linebacker hybrids that the Ravens can choose from. And I, I called it, I think a month ago, I said to you, if Quiddy, Quiddy Pay is there, guy's <laughs> a Raven. Guy. The guy's a Raven. If he's there, he's a Raven. Yeah. I'm telling you the backstory, the backstory the uh you know the way he hustled the way he plays physical all that yeah Book what do you think about there. the uh mel kuyper talked about landon dickerson alabama center who started his career at florida state i don't hate it i don't hate it dickerson was really good when he's on the field dealt with a number of different injuries knee ankles most recently a knee that ended his college career and might sideline him for the start of the upcoming season i don't really love it at 27 but i love yeah. it as a trade back possibility Sure, sure, yeah. Because he yeah. thinks he could end up either with the Ravens or the Steelers at 24. So good player, but 
man, it would be tough to take a guy who's not going to be ready at the start of the season. When you feel like the Ravens are, I just feel like the Ravens are a team that's knocking on the door right now. Yeah. Like the window, this is the window. And you need guys immediately who can come in and make an impact, especially as first round picks. Can, can so I add this? I was thinking about this the other night. You talked about the window. I've officially settled on the pay Lamar next year. Pay Lamar next year. There is a year. reason, not this year. There yeah. is a reason why, right, right. like, why would you commit extra money there in a year where the salary cap is tighter, right? Mm-hmm. And you have a great chance to win now. Yeah. Like, there was a reason why the Ravens traded into the first round, not just because they wanted to be the team, but they traded into 32 specifically, I think, in part, and Eric DeCasa said this, to get that fifth-year option. Yeah. So that way, now you can you can sign them after that fourth year. You still aren't backed into a corner, Right. You know, so and if they have to if they have to put the fifth year tag on or the fifth go with the fifth year option, he's worth that, too. Like, oh, I know that's sure. expensive, but so is the new contract, like yeah, for a four hundred million dollar contract or, yeah. or whatever the number is. Yeah, I'm, I'm paying him next year. Yeah, it is like when it is funny. There's when the Ravens drafted him. So much of the talk was, well, you get five years at great value. Right now, and you're trying he, to only just shorten it to three. <laughs> yeah, what are right. you doing? <laughs> right now, I, there's a lot of different ways you can look at it. The price is only the, the other. The, the flip side here, and I agree with you by the way. But the flip side here is that the 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 cap is only going up. There's rumors and, and talk of the TV deals getting signed uh, currently. You know, this week, last week, and so if all those new TV deals are in place, stadiums are full again. Say this fall at the latest next year. And now, instead of paying him thirty-five a year, you're paying him forty-five a year. Forty-five? Uh, That's I'm a lot just... of inflation. Dang. Well, this year the cap's down. This yeah. year the cap's down. So even just to get back to a normal number, and then add on top of that, I mean that's a huge number. But um, that's the benefit is if you could get that deal done before then it may be a little bit cheaper. But also there's benefit to him to wait for him to wait too for right. that same reason. If he right. waits a year and all of a sudden the cap is higher, now he gets a better deal. He gets a long-term deal. Ravens play this year out with a reduced salary cap and they can go out there and try to win it. So I think that I personally think that there's probably benefit to both sides to waiting. Um, but I guess it kind of depends on if the Ravens want to lock in the franchise quarterback and whether Lamar, it's really important for him to have a long-term security deal in place after this season. So um, lots of questions. And I also think that the next week is going to be really interesting. You're already starting to see rumors about whether there's going to be a bunch of cuts around the league. Oh yeah. And uh, well, that could be be the wide receiver right there. That could be the Ravens wide receiver. Somebody on somebody's team right now that we don't know about. Yep. For sure. For sure. So uh, we'll continue to, to discuss all of it and break it down and provide you guys with insight and all that. So, Uh, It's a fun time of the year. We look forward to it. Appreciate Patrick for joining us uh, today. And uh, we will be back with you next week. 